0: Hello and welcome! This is Twenty One! Episode 9.4 The World's Most Legendary Artifact We have just concluded with the ninth wonder of the ancient world, King Solomon's Temple to Jehovah at Jerusalem. But before we move on to the next wonder on our list, I want to take an episode and explore one particular rabbit trail regarding King Solomon's Temple. This rabbit trail is the Ark of the Covenant. Now this episode is going to be a little different than pretty much the rest of the episodes that we have done or will do on this show. I do my best to be as factual as possible. Now this isn't the easiest when covering ancient history, as primary sources are few and far between. But one of the fun things about ancient history is that you get to theorize a little bit. And that's exactly what we will do today. This episode will also probably be the longest on the show. I do not want to break this up into two weeks. I'd like to get this all done in one episode before we move on. So I'm going to cram a lot of information into this episode. I apologize for that, I hope I don't lose anybody, but I think it's best that we finish this all in one week. We will first discuss a number of different theories about where the Ark of the Covenant's final resting place is, before we end with my personal theory about where it rests. I will do my best to move fairly quickly from theory to theory and not get too hung up on the details, and I hope you find this as interesting as I did studying it. So with all that in mind, the Ark of the Covenant. But before we get to any of the theories, we first need to answer what it was. The Ark of the Covenant was where God's presence resided with the Israelites when they left Egypt on their way to the Promised Land. In Exodus 25, God tells the Israelites exactly what the Ark was to look like. Have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long. A cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet. Two rings on one side, and two rings on the other. Then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings on this ark, they are not to be removed. Then, put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. And make two cherubim hammered out of gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub at one end, and the second cherub at the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover, at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherub are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark, and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law that I will give you. There, above the cover between the two cherubim, that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for Israel. This miniaturized temple went everywhere with the Israelites from the time it was created after their exodus from Egypt until the Israelites conquered Jerusalem and placed it in Solomon's temple. It wasn't very big, only about three feet long and two feet wide and high. I have some pictures of what it might have looked like up on the website. It was carried at the head of the caravan as the israelites wandered the deserts between egypt and the promised land israel and god used it to perform many miracles for the israelites one of the first miracles recorded is that the priests carrying the ark of the covenant stood in the jordan river the river that separates israel from the rest of the near east and the river stopped flowing the water piled up on one side allowing the Jews to cross the river on dry land rather than through the water. The Ark of the Covenant was also carried around to each of the battles as the Israelites conquered the people of the Promised Land. Opposing armies and kings began to fear the Jews as the tale of destruction that they left in their wake was bordering legend. And the peoples of the Near East began to view the Ark of the Covenant as a weapon. It was no such thing But to them, in that situation, I can totally see how they would make that connection. I mean the Jews simply walked around the great city of Jericho, and its walls fell like a house of cards. They had to have some great weapon. But this frame of mind was not just limited to the other peoples of the Promised Land. Around 1180 BC, the Jews were engaged with their nemesis to their west, the Philistines. The Philistines lived in what is today the Gaza Strip. They were fierce warriors, and they are most famous for a famous defeat, as Goliath, who was defeated by David, was a giant and a Philistine. In this conflict, however, the Jews were not relying on God for their strength in combat, or trusting Him to give them victory. So the Jews did something rash. They brought the Ark of the Covenant to the army camp thinking that merely its presence will give them victory. But this was not the case. First Samuel chapters 4-6 through 6 records the account of what happens next. Now this account goes on for quite a while, so I will just give you the highlights. The Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant from Israel and took it back to the temple of their main god Dagon, which was located in their city of Ashdod. But the next morning, the Philistines found the statue of their god face down in front of the ark. They set their statue upright, but the next morning, the same thing had happened. This time, the statue of Dagon was broken in front of the ark. The Philistines were also starting to get sick. Really sick. God's hand was heavy on the city of Ashdod, and tumors began appearing in the people. In an attempt to stop this, the Philistines moved the Ark to their capital city of Gath. But God's hand was heavy on Gath too, and people there began to get tumors as well. The Philistines decided that this was enough. This was a power that they didn't understand or wanted. They sent the Ark back to the Israelites on a cart pulled by oxen. The Ark soon arrived back in Israelite territory but would remain outside the capital of Jerusalem until King David brought it into the city in preparation for the temple to be built. Now I know that was a lot of information, but I thought it was important that we mention what happened to the Ark for a specific reason. In the Old Testament, the Jews mentioned just about everything that happened to the Ark of the Covenant before it went into the temple. Obviously. The Ark of the Covenant was the most important treasure to be placed in the temple of the Lord. God's presence still resided in it, and it was the focal piece for the Holy of Holies. And the Jews held major celebrations when it was returned by the Philistines, when David brought it into Jerusalem, and then again when the temple was completed. So why then, once the Ark of the Covenant was placed in the Holy of Holies, Does it disappear? While there are a few references to the Ark of the Covenant in the later books of the Old Testament, there is zero mention as to what happened to it. This has led historians, Bible scholars, etc. to debate when and where the Ark disappears from history, and where it is today. Did a foreign power come and take it? Did God command the Jews to hide it? If so... Where? Will it ever be found? Now before we get into the theories, all the information, and everything else, I want to mention something. I have separated the information to try and make it a little easier to follow. We will start with what the Bible says about the Ark of the Covenant and where it might be, and then we will move on to different theories as to who has it and where it is. And then we will finish with my personal theory. I have separated the theories into chronological order, hoping that this way we can get our facts straight before we go into the wild conundrum that is hypothesizing and theorizing about the ancient world. Make sense? Okay, here we go. As we have learned throughout the past three weeks, King Solomon's Temple to Jehovah at Jerusalem was ransacked and stripped multiple times. However, an interesting note can be made about what the authors say about these sackings. In both their exile and their return to Jerusalem, the Jewish authors only mention that it is the temple's treasures which are taken or returned. But nothing about the Ark Considering how the writers of the Old Testament made special mention of the Ark of the Covenant when it was taken by the Philistines, why does no one mention what happened to it here? This has led some to believe that it was gone even before the Babylonians came and sacked Jerusalem. There are several different theories along this train of thought. Some people believe that the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Egyptians in a previous raid. This theory states that the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Egyptians and brought back to Egypt and ended up in a city called Tanis. This is what the Indiana Jones movie Raiders of the Lost Ark portrays as what happened. But when this raid would have occurred, which Pharaoh did it, and why the Ark was hidden in Egypt is anyone's guess. But it would have had to have happened before Nebuchadnezzar's sack in 597. If the Egyptians did take it, then perhaps God struck them as he did the Philistines. So they buried it in a city out in the desert to try and end their punishment. This also would prevent it from being moved around Egypt, causing more casualties. Another interesting theory states that the ark was taken out of Jerusalem by one of Solomon's sons and taken to modern-day Ethiopia. This is a rather bizarre theory, but one that still holds up to this day. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church still claims to have the Ark of the Covenant in a chapel of the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion. This church resides in Aksum in northern Ethiopia. No outsider has ever seen inside this chapel. And one man a monk, once a year, enters this chapel called the Chapel of the Tablets. This has been going on for centuries and still continues to this day. This practice resonates with how the high priests of the Jews would enter the Holy of Holies once a year to offer sacrifices in front of the Ark of the Covenant. One final theory about the Ark disappearing before Babylon got to it is that God told the prophet Jeremiah to hide the Ark of the Covenant before the Babylonians arrived. Jeremiah was a prophet who lived before, during, and after the Babylonian invasion. Now where he would have hid it is also a matter for debate. Some believe that he dug a hole under the original temple, a super deep hole, and buried the Ark of the Covenant there. Others believe that he took it outside the city and hid it in a mountain. And still some believe that he took it all the way to Mount Sinai, where God had given Moses the Ten Commandments on the Sinai Peninsula, and hid it in a cave there. A certain Islamic sect believes that it was dropped to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee by Jeremiah, and will rise from the sea at the end of days. But the possibility of the Jews hiding the Ark of the Covenant before the Babylonians came doesn't seem plausible. God had been telling the Jews for years to turn from their sins and return to him, or there was disaster coming. Well, disaster was on its way, and nothing about the behavior of the Jewish kings would suggest a preemptive move to protect their most sacred object. Even though there's no specific mention of it, I do believe the Babylonians, under King Nebuchadnezzar, took the Ark of the Covenant when they sacked Jerusalem and the Temple. Now why there's no specific mention to the Ark being taken, as there was when the Philistines captured it, I'm not sure. But I don't think the Babylonians did anything to it. And with the decree of Darius, we know that all the treasures of the Temple were returned to Jerusalem when the Temple was completed. I believe the Ark of the Covenant was one of those treasures returned." This could possibly explain the reasoning for Darius to order protection for the Jews as they rebuilt their temple. The Ark's power was legendary, and there was undoubtedly groups of people who would love to not have it return to Jerusalem. So let's recap. The Egyptians did not take it. It was not taken to Ethiopia. The Babylonians took it in their raid, and Darius, the Persian king, ordered it returned. The Ark is back in Jerusalem. It sits in the newly rebuilt temple, and the worship of the Lord continued as it once did in the days of Solomon. So where did it go from here? One theory states that Rome and the Vatican has it in its archives. The Vatican archives is one of the most closely guarded secrets in world history, and who knows all the history that the Catholic Church has confiscated throughout the years. But this theory rests on the belief that Titus, the general who put down the Jewish rebellion at the end of the 1st century AD, captured the Ark of the Covenant and brought it back to Rome. Once in Rome, it would have been easy to snatch up once the Catholic Church started gaining power. But I find this theory difficult to believe. A significant Roman conquest like that? There would be statues and temples and reliefs built describing this event. Now it's possible the Vatican had all those destroyed to cover the fact that they do have the Ark of the Covenant. Perhaps that's something we'll never know. But another theory which ends with the Vatican in possession of the Ark is that it was brought back to the Vatican by Crusaders. This theory hinges on the Jews having hidden the Ark of the Covenant, which as we already mentioned is highly unlikely. But of all the theories that we talked about, the Vatican being in possession of the Ark of the Covenant is one of the more likely ones. The Catholic Church has absconded with and destroyed so much history throughout the years you can't put a figure to it. So much history has been lost thanks to the Catholic Church. So if the Ark of the Covenant did end up in Rome, it definitely has found way into the Vatican archives. And if it's there, there's no way it will be brought back into the light. One of the more random yet surprising popular theories about where the Ark of the Covenant is resting today is that it is at the bottom of the Money Pit on Oak Island in Nova Scotia, Canada. Now when I first came across this theory, this one took me by surprise. Like how did the Ark of the Covenant end up in the New World? This theory states that it was brought over by the Knights Templar in the Early Middle Ages, centuries before any of the other European explorers even arrived. Leif Erikson, the famous Viking was said to have reached Newfoundland around 1000 AD. So it is possible that there was a known path to the New World, centuries before any of the other southern European explorers made their trips. But this has very national treasure vibes. I don't buy this theory at all. All of these theories about where the Ark of the Covenant is located have substantial holes. I don't believe any of the theories that I just mentioned to be true. I don't think the Jews hid it, I don't think the Ethiopians or the Egyptians have it, I don't think the Vatican has it, nor do I think it was buried somewhere in the New World. And there are many other wild theories that I do not have time to mention here, but I'm sure you can find them with a simple internet search. While all of these theories seem to have some kind of quote-unquote evidence supporting their claims, well let me just say I will be genuinely shocked If one of these theories turns out to be true. I will be less shocked if the Vatican has it compared to any of the other theories, but I would still be shocked nonetheless. All right, ending with the wild theories. That brings us to the moment I'm sure y'all have been waiting for. My personal theory about the location of the Ark of the Covenant. My theory is just like all the others I've mentioned so far. There's not really any substantial evidence to support my theory. There are, however, a few facts about some events in history and about the Ark of the Covenant which do support my theory. And if I'm right, it would explain two of the biggest mysteries of the ancient world. Alright, without further ado, my theory. Drumroll, please. I believe the Ark of the Covenant is buried... In Alexander the Great's Tomb. Hear me out. Alexander the Great was one of the most outside-the-box thinking generals in history. And as such, he was one of its best. But his best tactic was to adapt weapons technologies from the peoples around him and the peoples he conquered. Add this to his bold battle plans, and it worked perfectly. As Alexander traveled south from the Battle of Tyre in 332 BC, he passed through Jerusalem and was given a hero's welcome. And undoubtedly, if he hadn't heard the stories already, he was told how the Jews conquered the Promised Land. The account of the Battle of Jericho undoubtedly had him fascinated. As did the account of the Jews losing the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines, and what God. Then subsequently inflicted on them. I believe that Alexander requested to have the Ark of the Covenant, carried by some of the Jewish priests, travel with him and his army on the rest of the Persian campaign. He knew that there would be many more tough battles ahead, and if this Jewish artifact could help him in his conquest somehow, he would do anything to get the Ark with his army. Now this doesn't mean that Alexander saw the Ark of the Covenant as a weapon. He clearly was a very smart man and would have asked for all the details about proper care and control of the Ark of the Covenant. He would have been told how only the Jewish priests could carry it, how no one was supposed to look in it or even touch it, and he would have been told about the penalty for doing just that. Now whether he paid the Jewish leaders or they just gave it to him, I believe that a small group of Jewish priests went with the Ark of the Covenant and joined Alexander's army when he passed by Jerusalem for the second time in 331 BC. And for the first little while, Alexander abided by the rules given to him by the Jewish religious leaders. The Jewish priests carried the Ark with his army, and Alexander continued to have success in combat. He defeated the Persian army and created the largest empire in history until the Mongols and Genghis Khan came along. But Alexander was not done. He was not satisfied with the empire he had. He wanted more. He pushed past modern-day Iran, where the Persian heartland was, and attempted to conquer the nomadic peoples of modern-day Afghanistan, Pakistan, and western India but this would prove to be the undoing of Alexander. The nomadic peoples of the Himalayan mountains were some of the most difficult people to conquer, and they remain so to this day. Every time Alexander made some headway in some area, somewhere else, he would lose any ground he had previously gained. This continuous sort of musical chairs for the few strong points in the region drove Alexander and his men to the breaking point. Alexander's army threatened mutiny if Alexander did not call off the conquest and let them go home. The empire was already big enough. They were tired of fighting. Just go back to Babylon and rule. And this is where the Ark of the Covenant makes its return to my theory. It was at this moment when Alexander was staring defeat and mutiny in the face that he too, just like the Jews, did something rash. I believe he opened the Ark of the Covenant and claimed its power for him and his army. Now whether this was a selfish move or a move to galvanize his men, who knows. But it was at that moment that God struck him with a disease, possibly a tumor, similarly to what he did to the Philistines. Alexander got suddenly sick and died at the early age of thirty-one. A common theory as to why he died is he was poisoned by his disgruntled men, or picked up some illness from India on one of his most forward excursions. But my theory says that God struck him with a tumor or a disease, just like he did with the Philistines, for trying to claim the power of the Ark of the Covenant for himself. The Greek generals with Alexander instantly knew what happened, and they knew what was going to happen. Their great general, the most powerful man in the world, who had led them from Macedonia to India, had just done exactly what he was told not to do. And the consequences of his actions were obvious. When Alexander quickly became deathly ill, they knew why, and wanted no part of it. When Alexander died in Babylon in 323 BC, it left two overwhelming questions. One, what to do with Alexander's massive empire, and the other, what to do with the Ark of the Covenant. It was obviously too dangerous to let any of them have it, but it was too tempting to resist. The legendary power that accompanied the Ark of the Covenant, though tempting, could not fall into anybody's hands. So they decided to handle both problems at one time. They would split the empire amongst themselves, each one getting a certain region, and the Ark of the Covenant would be buried with Alexander himself. This way, no one else would die, and this would help prevent grave robbing, as anyone who would attempt to open his tomb would succumb to the power of the Ark of the Covenant. But in order to prevent temptation from rising, and to protect the tomb of Alexander, they would have to bury him in a secret place. And boy were they successful. The location of the tomb of Alexander the Great is one of the greatest mysteries of the ancient world. Archaeologists and historians have been searching for it for thousands of years. Many people think that Alexander was buried in Alexandria, Egypt. But this theory doesn't make much sense. When Alexander died, his city of Alexandria was still a Fletchling. And although Alexander had grand plans for that city, there's no way they could have known that Alexandria would become what it would. So burying him in Alexandria at that time wouldn't make sense. Especially if they were trying to hide the Ark of the Covenant. Some people think that his tomb was moved to Alexandria once it became the center of the world. But disturbing the tomb of the king of the world literally would be an unforgivable crime, even if he wasn't buried with the most legendary artifact of the ancient world. You would never disturb the tomb of a pharaoh, the king of Babylon, Persia, and Greece. So the Ark of the Covenant is buried with Alexander the Great. That leaves just one question. Where? Where is Alexander and the Ark of the Covenant buried?" If my theory is correct and the Ark of the Covenant is buried with Alexander, then it would have to be somewhere remote. Very difficult to get access to. And with Alexander's death in Babylon, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers offered a solution. I believe that Alexander's body, treasures, artifacts, and the Ark of the Covenant were loaded onto a ship and sent up the Tigris River to the mountains of modern-day Turkey, or Iran. From there, the caravan carrying Alexander and the Ark were carried deep into the mountains. There they found a cave, put Alexander, his treasure, and the Ark of the Covenant inside, and sealed it shut. It's possible that the men who took his body there sealed themselves in as well, to keep the location of his tomb a secret. Now where exactly his tomb is in these mountains I have no idea. It's possible that no one will ever know or find it. But I do believe that Alexander's tomb is one of the few major archaeological sites that will remain undiscovered. No grave robber, no archaeologist, warlord, emperor, etc. has or ever will find this tomb. Now does that mean I want his tomb to remain a secret for all eternity? No. I dream of finding Alexander's tomb. And if I or someone else does that, and it turns out that my theory about the Ark of the Covenant is correct, it would be the greatest historical find in history. Now I hope this all made sense, this episode. I know we covered a lot of ground and went from theory to theory rather quickly. We briefly covered centuries of ancient history. I hope, though, that it wasn't too difficult to follow, and that my theory about where the Ark of the Covenant lies made some sense. If that's all you got out of this episode, I'm okay with that, I'm happy. But I also hope that this episode has gotten you thinking a little bit about the mysteries of the ancient world, and how much we actually don't know. The ancient world is a mysterious and fascinating place, with its secrets hidden all around us. It remains to be seen whether or not we have the eyes to see it, or if it will remain hidden from our view. Next week we are returning back to our main storyline, The Tenth Wonder of the Ancient World. Just like about half of the wonders we've covered so far, this one also is a tomb. We are returning to the original list of the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World with our next one. It is one of the most difficult wonders to spell or pronounce. And frankly, had I not heard somebody else say it before me, I would have no idea how to pronounce the world's most famous mausoleum, or where it's located.